I was reading this in the Toronto Star over the weekend that doctors are noticing patients are drinking more. And it's well beyond, you know, oh, man, I should probably cut back on my drinking. It's to the um, expense of them having to go to the hospital. It's not just waking up with like, I've got a bit of a head on me this morning. I don't feel so great. I might want to rethink this. Dr. Sam Elfassi joins us now. He's the uh, gastroenterologist at the uh, St. Joseph's Health Center in Toronto. Thanks so much for joining us. I think I just butchered your um, line, your area of expertise. Gastroenterologist. There, I've got it. Welcome to the show, doctor. Thank you, Kelly. You nailed it on the second one. All right. Um, so it's concerning because, you know, it's no, it's no surprise that we have been leaning, uh, more on alcohol consumption over the pandemic. We've seen this in, in sales stats and just with people, um, you know, talking about it anecdotally. But what are you seeing in hospitals? Yeah. <clears throat> sorry. It's a definitely, it's a, it's a good question. I think we've seen this going almost throughout the entire pandemic where, you know, people who are used to just be social drinkers are starting to drink a lot more regularly. People who used to drink, you know, one or two drinks uh, a week started to become regular drinkers. And then, uh, unfortunately, a lot of our patients who already have liver disease, who uh, secondary to alcohol, have been drinking even more. Or th- those that were uh, becoming abstinent are sort of slipping back into drinking regularly as well and then developing complications from that. So, you know, if they're cirrhotic, they start developing more fluid in the abdomen or progression of their liver disease, or even what we call alcoholic hepatitis, which is an inflammation of the liver from a large amount of uh, alcohol. And I've definitely seen that throughout the entire pandemic. And uh, it seems to just be uh, perpetual. And I think a lot of this is attributed as well when uh, we continue to have more of this prolonged uh, prolonged pandemic, plus the a uh, lot of the restrictions and the lockdowns, you know, I think a lot of people stay at home and probably drink a lot more regularly because there's not much of a uh, a system to sort of keep tabs on how much they're drinking. And I think that's what I'm starting to see more regularly in my practice, and also people ending up in hospital due to that. We uh, spoke with a researcher not too long ago on this very show, uh, talking about how he would like morning labels on alcohol bottles just to talk about the threat, the risk of cancer, uh, because he says that no, there's no safe amount of alcohol to drink. Uh, that, you know, is a scary uh, prospect for a lot of people that enjoy drinking, but they enjoy it in moderation. So, uh, I know a lot of people are trying dry January, dry February. What demographic are you most concerned about right now that you're seeing um, when it comes to hospitalizations? Right. So, you know, I think it, it sort of spans uh, all the demographics, to be honest. You know, I've seen some very unfortunate cases of, you know, people in their 30s ending, ending up in hospital uh, due to just large amount of alcohol use and what we call alcoholic hepatitis. And even, you know, someone died during the pandemic uh, in their 30s from this, uh, which is very sad to watch. Uh, so, you know, I, I, you definitely see it in the younger demographic and a lot of people who have probably been drinking, you know, socially throughout their life are a bit more regular, more than social, uh, having complications from uh, liver disease. And I can think of, a, a you know, a, a good handful of my patients or even in their 80s um, who have a lot of complications from their liver. And that makes it even more challenging during the pandemic to get the regular medical care that they need uh, because once you have a a cirrhosis or complications from cirrhosis, 
you know, there's a there's a large burden on the healthcare system and the physician providers uh, to manage these patients, and it becomes very difficult to do these things over the phone, or you have to bring them into the hospital. And I'm sure you appreciate what's going on right now. There's a lot of cases of COVID in the hospital, and it's something that we try to avoid bringing them in for. Sure. So, yeah, answering your question, yeah, definitely see it through all of the uh, through all the uh, different uh, demographics. I know a lot of people their go to after they have, uh, you know, had a night of, of drinking, maybe one or two too many, uh, they don't feel so good. So they immediately reach for the Advil as a hangover cure. Can you speak to that? I mean, I know that Advil can be hard on, uh, the liver, but how is that? Is that compounding problems or could that lead to greater problems depending on how you, um, uh, medicate a hangover? And I hope that's not too a simplistic thing to ask a gastroenterologist. No, not at all. Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think anyone's ever asked me about uh, sort of hangover treatments. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the, the risk of taking, you know, Advil or larger amounts of Advil or anti-inflammatories in particular are they could develop, you could develop ulcers or trigger some bleeding. For our patients who have uh, a more advanced liver disease, and hopefully those patients know who they are as well, you know, we always tell them to try to avoid this because it, it, a bleed in someone who has uh, significant liver disease could be fatal. Uh, if for, you know, an average, an average person who's otherwise healthy, who doesn't uh, have any true liver disease, you know, taking a few tablets of Advil, to be honest, I don't think will cause any complications. When it comes to chronic illness, like, you know, a liver disease situation, I would imagine that's someone that's been drinking heavily uh, for quite some time. Can that happen in a, can you develop a liver disease quickly or is it somebody that's been drinking heavily for a while? Yeah, so, you know, I think traditionally we always think that this builds up over time, but I think we're, we've now come to learn that that's definitely not the case. We have young patients in their 30s who come into hospital who actually have cirrhosis, and cirrhosis is that end stage of scarring within the liver. So, you know, I think the idea that this takes, you know, decades to develop is definitely untrue, especially if you're having large amounts of sustained alcohol use. That's scary. Cirrhosis at a, at a young age is, is terrifying to me. Isn't that, I mean, once your liver's gone, that's a major filter. Yeah, no, so definitely very, and it's a very serious issue. And I think every time I speak to my patients that are in this uh, stage, you know, I try to have a, you know, frank conversation uh, with them and explain, you know, once you have cirrhosis or it becomes what we call decompensated, where there's complications from the cirrhosis, you know, that's a, that's a diagnosis just as bad as many cancers. You know, the life expectancy could be only a couple of years once that happens. The younger and healthier you are, uh, often a lot of this can reverse and we can improve, especially if they stay abstinent from alcohol. So I tell a lot of my patients, right now in the eye of the storm, it's really hard to know where your liver is at, but if you're abstinent for the next few months, we can reevaluate, do some blood work and some imaging of the liver. And a lot of patients will progressively get better and their liver can start to you know, recuperate and mm. the, the function of it can start to recover. So, yes, definitely very scary when it starts to happen. And if you don't take some serious steps to uh, curb the alcohol, then you know, lots of very bad prognosis and complications can happen after that. We already know that the healthcare system is uh, stressed because of the pandemic. And you mentioned that off the top, we want to avoid people going in. Uh, you're encouraging people to have open conversations with their loved ones about um, substance use. It's difficult because we're often not with each other during this pandemic. Is there an, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you, you talk to other experts. Is there an entry question 
that people could use to get into this, I think something that could be a, a kind of an explosive conversation and a tender area uh, with loved ones? Yeah, no, it's a, that's a really good question, uh, Kelly. Uh, you know, I think the there's a, the, there's a few points to, to what you brought up. So I think within the family or within friends, you know, addressing uh, if you think that someone is having uh, some alcohol use disorder or, or abuse, then, you know, first just addressing and just finding out, uh, do they feel that they have a problem? And often, you know, I think that bringing this to light and acknowledging, you know, this is safe space, we can discuss this and get a feel of, you know, are they, are they being very um, uh, restrained or they're trying to avoid uh, the question? I think that's always a risk as well. Or are they getting upset with the conversation? Those mm-hmm. are always high risk, uh, you know, answers to me. And I think it, it, you're, you're, you're bang on that uh, especially during the pandemic when we're not around each other and there's a lot of social isolation. And I think that's really the key problem here is a lot of people just continue to drink, especially if no one is sort of observing them. And it's hard to know exactly how much they're drinking until really bad complications start happening or they end up in hospital. And I have a lot of conversations with family members after, and they, they always inform me, you know, I had no idea that they were drinking or even drinking to this excess. Uh, and I think really bringing it to light or having that difficult conversation at first to say, listen, I've, I've acknowledged uh, that there is an issue here with drinking, you know, and there's a lot of help out there, you know, could definitely start with family physicians. There's addictions medicine specialists as well. And I think people get to see me once they're, they're, the, uh, the alcohol has gotten to the point that their liver is quite uh, complicated and damaged. But there's many steps before seeing a gastroenterologist that can help intervene on this. What are some of the symptoms that you should be looking out for, warning signs that things could be uh, going, for lack of a better way to put it, or maybe the perfect way, south here? Yeah, so, you know, I think from the liver standpoint, where things are going really, really sideways is, you know, we start developing, you know, jaundice, some yellowing of the eyes or the skin, uh, these are really bad signs when you start getting really big abdominal distension, almost looking like you're pregnant, lots of leg swelling, uh, little red marks all over your hands or on your chest or on your body. Those are really bad signs that, uh, the, you know, we've gone far, way too far and probably we've gone to the point of cirrhosis at that point. You know, prior to that, I think that's really more towards the end stage or to the point that you need to go to the emergency department once that starts to happen. You know, before that point, is uh, it, there, the alcohol can affect so many different things. It can affect your other medications. Uh, it could affect your functioning. I think when I think of alcohol use disorder, you, you start thinking, is, is this drinking actually impacting any of my daily functions? So going to school, going to work, relationships, your responsibilities. Once you start seeing that, uh, that those are being affected, I think that's the first step that we have to identify. We have a problem. Sam, uh, doctor, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, it's been really informative, and hopefully you've, uh, you know, maybe uh, rung a few uh, alarm bells in people's minds and they can help out people that they care about or maybe they recognize themselves in some of the things that you've brought up. I think it's important that we uh, stress that, you know, there, you know, moderation, everything seems to be okay, but uh, it's very easy to get for things to get out of hand during this pandemic. Everybody's looking for a way to cope. I totally agree. And I I appreciate you taking the time and, and bringing this to light. 
Dr. Elfassi, thank you very much for joining us.